And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Listen, I don't think the Cowboys are going to get a deal done between them and Dak. I do believe they're going to tag him. When they tag him, two things. They're going to stink this year because their salary cap, like everyone has pointed out, is going to be so chewed up by that number. And two, this will be Dak's last year in Dallas. He will no longer be the Cowboys quarterback moving forward after this season. And then the last thing that would stand out to me is next offseason would be pandemonium. I mean, we will watch teams. We've seen teams in the NFL kind of tank, or at least front offices tank to acquire draft picks. I think we would see teams and front offices try and tank, so to speak, to create cap space. Almost like sometimes we see in the NBA, like unload contracts for the bidding war of Dak Prescott next year, who's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. So I don't think they're going to get a deal done by tomorrow. And I think the question for me becomes, do the Cowboys next year in 2022, do they want to be the organization that is cap hamstrung financially or the organization that is searching for their quarterback? Kevin, we've got breaking news on SportsCenter. It's as if the Cowboys saw our countdown clock to the tag deadline and said, no, 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 we need to get something done. Dak Prescott agrees to a deal with the Cowboys. Adam Schefter just tweeted this. We don't have any particulars on how long this whole thing All right, there it is. Here it is, the day some of us, some people, thought so confidently would never be here, is here. Dak Prescott has been signed. We are here to react to it all on The Athletic for a little emergency podcast with The Athletic's own Cowboys beat writer, Father John Mishota, the one and only Kevin K.T. Turner, who's always with us on About Them Cowboys, and it would not feel right to talk about the Dak deal without our special friend, Bobby Belt. He's broken his uh, Twitter silence. He's back. He's taking calls. He's taking radio hits. He's available for media access. Welcome back, Bobby. It's good to have you. Good to be here. Yeah, nothing says emergency pod more than Bobby Belt. Exactly. We can't we can't break news without Bobby. It's just it can't happen. That's that's what people have always said about me. All right. Well, KT and I did a little early breaking news on our headline feed here on the Athletic. KT. What is your reaction to, to all this? And I know John's got thoughts. Yeah, no, my reaction is good things happen when you can have a win-win situation because this is not only good for the Dallas Cowboys, it's good for Dak Prescott as well. And the other thing that I would take out of it before we you know dive too far into it with the money, I would say this puts aside any questions about Dak's health too that were kind of popping up over the last couple of months. You know, you don't sign that deal or you're not offering him that deal if you're not convinced that he's healthy. So that's the first thing that I would say is like, hey, we know that we can put that storyline aside. And then two, this is this is huge. This is this is the difference in and keeping yourself in in the playoff mix for the next five, six years or five years or so. This this is the difference in that and not being there. 
um, because you just can't go. They're not going to get lucky again at quarterback like they did with Dak in the first place. So I know John's got a lot of thoughts, as you said, Ken. And I think I would like to yield my time at the podium and give the uh, the floor to John. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that it's there's any surprises here. I mean, this deal looks pretty much now. When you talked about the guaranteed money, that might come as a surprise to some people. But in terms of like forty million dollars per year over four years, I mean, that's just pretty much what we were saying. That was going to be the going rate. I mean, it doesn't take much. All you have to do is look at who the top paid quarterbacks were in Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and then look at where the franchise tag number was going to be this year at thirty seven point seven million. And you already have your parameters right there. This is this should be nothing that like blows anybody away. But I know the narratives that are going to come out. There'll be people that'll be critical of the Cowboys because this should have been done a couple years ago. And I'm fine with that. I have no arguments with that. I agree. But they did get it done. And Jerry Jones does keep his track record of in t- since he's on the team. He always signs the guys he absolutely wants. So there is some credit that can be given there. And then the other side of it, Dak Prescott got what he wanted. He got the money he wanted. And then he also got to stay with the team that he wanted to stay with. And I've already seen on Twitter that people are being critical of like, well, now the Cowboys aren't going to be able to sign anybody else because of this. Well, here, here's the thing. Like, if you don't sign him and then you go in another direction at quarterback, you're going to need so much more help from all those other guys. I don't know if that's doing it for you because honestly, that roster, if, if, if you're going the other way, if you want to know what that'll look like, I'll give you an example. It's called the Chicago Bears. So then you don't have Dak. And then you have a little bit better D end, and let's say you have a little bit better corner, and you have uh, you know another good player, but you're still looking for that quarterback all the time. So this has been answered for you. With that being said, the last thing that I'll say about this, and then we can throw it to Bobby, is that in all of sports, I don't know if there's a position that there's more pressure on than the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And now that this deal is done the pressure goes even higher on Dak. Dak will have to perform under this because, and, and you know what? And I'm not saying this like this is going to be anything new to him or it's going to bother him. Like he is not going to be phased, but this stuff won't bother him. I'm just saying like, if you're the people that you're on Twitter all the time, like I am, and you're going to see this, you're going to see a lot of negative comments anytime there's just an okay game or a bad game. But this was the price of doing business. And, and frankly, this is a big deal right now. And, and people will talk about it because it's Dak Prescott, $40 million a year, Cowboys and all that. But, like, Josh Allen's about to get a new deal. Lamar Jackson's about to yeah. get a new deal. Like, th- like there's going to be other pieces that fall into place here that are going to, like, move this back to being, like, well, if this guy's getting this and this guy's getting this, I guess Dak deserves 40. So I'm just saying this because I'm sure people are thinking some and even reading other people being highly critical of this when I frankly just think this is a no-brainer that had to be done and it's done. Bobby, uh, this, this is one of the uh, this whole negotiation's been weird because, as you say, John, like it's one of those things that it had to get done. You had to do it, and it was a no-brainer. And yet they let it drag on as long as they did, and and let things get as tense as they did. And it, it, it just it was really puzzling the whole negotiation the whole time. I tweeted last night that you know there's no logical explanation for us to be at this date right now, and there not be a deal done. But having said that. They got it done. They deserve credit for finally getting it done, getting it done before they had to get the tag deadline. Um, something that I didn't think was possible in the last few days. I didn't think they'd be able to get it done before then. Um, but I think that, you know, everybody else talks about how the Cowboys want to win something in negotiations or you want to, in any negotiations, one side wants to at least feel like they got to win somewhere. I, I think this is one of those things where it had gotten to such a point where the victory wasn't just getting it done. Like Dallas wins this negotiation by finishing it. And I think that 
for all the debate that went on about, oh, you can't pay Zeke this, and oh man, D-Law, he got too much of this, or, or whatever else. I feel like there's actually less of that here with Dak that I've seen so far on from fans than there was with those two. And they gave Dak everything, down to things that we weren't even discussing publicly or debating publicly, like a no-trade clause and, and a no-tag yeah. clause. And I mean, I mean, they gave Dak... 100% complete control of his future for the next eight years, even though and it's a four-year deal. And let me also say that a key, a key point in this, uh, Adam Schefter tweeted out, is that because they are, it's, a, it's a technically six years, but the last two years are voidable, what, what this does is this allows them to spread his hit for this upcoming season down to where it's only $22.2 million. And why that's really important for this year is because this is the year you need it more than ever. Because yep. this is this is this is going to be remembered for the salary cap as being the COVID nineteen year, where it's the outlier year of where the salary cap actually went down. I think it's going to increase significantly in twenty twenty two, like not even close. Because when that new TV money comes in, that's going to raise everything up, and that's what Dak always wanted to get to because they knew that that the you know the legalized gambling. There's just going to be a lot more money coming into the league where. This that you know, obviously we're gonna go back to having fans in the stands. They're gonna add another uh, regular season game to 17 weeks. There's just a lot more area for more revenue. So there, this year was just so important because you get that down to 22.2 comparatively to where it would have been 37.7 if he plays under the tag. You get it down to 22.2, and then you do some restructures on like Amari's deal, and then maybe you know Zach Martin's, and if you really wanted to, you could possibly do Lawrence too. I mean, you can get you can get significantly under under the cap if you really wanted to. So that is a really really important detail with this deal because I know for some it's to look at it like, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with this. I completely understand why. I mean, if you don't follow the NFL like the cap religiously, I can totally get why you wouldn't get this, but I can see some people thinking like, well, how did this help? Like he was going to get 37.7 and now he's getting 40. No, that's not how it works. They're going to spread this out and it's, and they're not going to get as much of a hit, especially this season. And that was just, that was so crucial. Uh, so now obviously free agent coming up next week, they can actually make some moves now where they were going to be, they were going to be really in a bad shape if they, if they had him under the tag going into next week. That's why no uh, teams franchise a player twice in a row because it's detrimental to you. You know, thirty-seven million kills you. KT Washington did, and that that was a big talking point. You know, honestly, that I threw out there many times. Like the Cowboys and Washington are the only teams that are even flirting with the second tag. And you know, I guess I should apologize for if I if I've been too harsh. Uh, You know, I think what it all comes down to is that Jerry and Steven are guys that love juice. This is always going to come down to a deadline. They love action. They love intensity. They love when things go down in the wire. I think there's something to do with it. But, like, it's 4160 is the number you'll see. It could be 164. 126 is the guaranteed number. But what John just broke down is the important thing. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Cowboys fans on Twitter or people go, well, well, Tom Brady took less or whatever took less. Well, this is technically – in terms of like the way this contract is structured and credit the Cowboys and Todd France for getting creative here, you're technically getting a year of that. You're getting a year of your quarterback taking less on the cap. Now you still just got a big fat check. Let's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but like, this is exactly what you want from a team building perspective. And I got to give them a ton of credit for being creative and getting that done because 
I know when I was putting this together in my head, I didn't really put it together like that with two voidable years at the end of it so you could spread out the cap hit and, and have more money to spend. So I got to... I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take. I mean, I just gotta give Jerry and Steven and Todd a good you, job, you know, guys. You know what else is fascinating about this deal is it really speaks to just the advancements in medical technology, because we don't have to go back 30, 40 years. Go back ten years, maybe fifteen years, maybe even five years. Like I just don't see a team doing a deal like this with a guy coming off an injury like that. But that injury is just like considered like, oh no no no, we we you know we got we got the doctors that have done it. He's had two surgeries. Like we already know where this is going to be at. No, we we feel comfortable with this. Like that injury, I, I'm not saying that that would have ended somebody's career five ten years ago, but it would have been enough to give a team pause to be like, you know what, maybe we wait this thing out and see how he looks after this year. And now we're at the point now where. Uh, you know, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, and that's a very, very smart point, KT, that, that this does speak volumes of where they think he's at in terms of, oh, hey, should I take it to Negative Town real quick? Yeah, go there, <laughs> go there, go. Do it. This is the same team, though, that felt that same way about Jalen Smith in these last two years, you know, after signing that contract. I'll, I'll, I'll say, though, it, when that started, when that really was uh, starting to pick up some momentum that a lot of people were like, there's the second surgery and it was done in secret and, you know, oh, he's in a boat and it's it's bad. And, and there was a lot of concern about it. Um, the actual the weekend of the big snowmageddon, I had talked to. I finally reached out about it to one of like the better sources I have and somebody that I really trust. And his name's Dan Prescott. Said, yeah. 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 Of course. <laughs> uh, they, they had said um, that there were zero concerns that like he was fine, that it was all being blown out of proportion, that nobody in the front office had any concerns about it. Everybody was feeling like this is going to get done. And, and so I, I think that it's not just, trusting a doctor's opinion like with the Jalen thing like it does sound like everybody in that building feels really confident about where he's at and and that he is going to be ready in time for the season and that I don't think they believe he's going to have any long-term issues with it and that's evidenced obviously by just giving him that 126 million guaranteed I'm not sure if I said it on here before or I said it somewhere else but uh a couple of weeks ago <laughs> I was talking with someone about how uh you know, we sit here and we're talking about this contract all the time. And it's like the number one story on any of the NFL shows on TV, like nationally. And, uh, and there's always a part of me that thinks, well, Jerry is just gonna, Jerry enjoys this because it puts the Cowboys in the spotlight for a reason that he's completely fine with on a team that normally shouldn't even be in the spotlight right now, coming off the season that they came off of. And I was like, you know what? He probably enjoys this because he, in the back of his mind, he knows this is yeah. what it's going to take to get it done, and we're eventually going to give it to him, but we got to wait this out a little bit more while I enjoy this being one of the biggest topics in sports, and here's the Cowboys there. And, and I'm, I'm just saying that because you can't convince me, and you never will, that it's like that in every organization. Like, that absolutely goes down with the Cowboys. <laughs> it's definitely you, not like that everywhere. You, you think Jerry's got, like, uh, like, like he's got the 10-date rule? He wants people to, to build with anticipation. Like I'll get to you eventually, but do you think right. they 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 just they were just like well, they woke up and Stephen was just like f it, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, no, and just no, did, I do, I, and just get, I, you know honestly, I, I no. that, so no so it feels like, one of the, one of, like how does one this of get the, done this fast and like well tomorrow was a deadline and, and everything why. well but everything is in Dak's fa- favor in this situation other than other than uh 
you know, uh, it being the going rate for quarterbacks and that being expensive for the Cowboys right now, right? But but um, the Cowboys well, are notorious that they when there's deadlines like this, that's when the action happens. So if this would have been just a random day in the middle, of I don't like know. Two I think they ago, could have franchised uh, him and try and still tried to work out the deal. Uh, but I, I I'm just know. saying that they could, and and a lot of teams would. I'm just yeah. saying with this particular team covering him for the last ten years. This does, this isn't a surprise at all because this I don't is the know type of covering stuff him for the last ten years too. Stephen has some effort in his, in him too. No, I'm not <laughs> he does, but, Steve, but hold on, hold on, hold on. One, one, one point I want to make on this: Stephen's the one that says deadlines make deals. Jerry gets credited with that all the time. <laughs> Stephen's the one that says it all the time, and so yeah, there's a certain point. But I I really do believe that in the back of their minds, Jerry and Stephen knew all along that this is what it was going to take to get done. It was just a matter of when it was going to happen. Um, and again, I, I just I really think it goes back to I wrote about this um, for something that we're about to post. It's just for me, it really goes back to the Troy Aikman, the, the gap between Aikman and Romo. And as Jerry's at 78, I don't see how he hated it then at 78. You think he wants to do that again? And, and, and not only that, but the fact of you can even remove all of those names. Just just the fact that he knew how much the organization, the scouts, the the, the people that he trusts in the organization told him. Paxton Lynch told him Connor Cook, you know, told him these names that like these guys aren't even in the league anymore. And this was 2016. So he knows it's far from an exact science to find another guy at this position. That's why I believe in the back of their minds that it was always like, well, we're going to do something, but it, it might take a while to get this done, but we're, we're to, not letting him leave. To be fair though, um, that is a little, when you talk to people, that is a little bit apparently how like the Zeke deal came to be. Was there just reached a point where Steven was saying, F it, just do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I could and, see so, that, yeah. and so I I could see that as Kim said. I, I could see it being something where he's just gotten to this point and he's just going, screw it. Go. Cause like I said, like we weren't even talking about things like the tag and the no trade thing. And like they gave him everything. There is not, I don't see one thing in this that they they won in the negotiating, you know, right. exactly. They have him. That's how. That's how. That's what. No, they, yeah, they have. That's, exactly, that's the win. That's exactly, the win for and, them and you know is what? the jersey sales, and they have a, friend, right. a quarterback for the for the next you know, five right. years, you know and what, they don't have to worry is, about that, the position. But that's, in terms of the, what you can negotiate in a contract, it's it's uh, yeah, like Bobby said, probably very little. Yeah, and that and that's the thing is that absolutely the the win is just getting him, and I think it speaks to for all the chatter that's been out there of like, Oh, do they really think it's him? Oh, maybe, you know, Andy Dalton could uh, do just as good with these weapons. You know, Andy Dalton's never had these weapons. Like for all that chatter and all the discussion of, Oh, they, they must not really believe in him and things like that. They do not hand him over every single last thing and feel good about the, how the negotiation played out unless they are absolutely certain that like we can win a Super Bowl with this guy. The, the Joneses have to feel with certainty they can win a Super Bowl with that. Yeah, I want to throw this out there too. Our good friend Dave Hellman, who famously tried to get Dak traded, yeah, um, lots of times, several uh, times, tried to trade him. Dave never says, forget. Yeah, never forget that. That will go down in Dak history. Uh, he says the Cowboys are paying less for Dak Prescott to quarterback their team in 2021 than the Eagles are paying for Carson Wentz to quarterback somebody else. And that's a pretty amazing stat. Um, if it's a stat, I don't really know if it is or not. Yeah, you know, one thing I would a, say it's a stat. One thing that um, that John brought up earlier about like the pressure cooker being on. One thing I would say is like, a for this year, you're getting cap relief because of the deal he signed, whether that was his idea or not. 
So I think you should go easy on not getting the right players around the team. That needs to be held accountable on the GMs. It is time for Dak to win some big boy games. I think we all know that. But I think that offense that we saw before Dak broke his ankle, that offense, you know, that dog will hunt, man. You're going to win some games with that offense. If you can get the defense figured out or just make it, you know, better, just improve, my God, you have to, you got a real good chance. And what I would say about the whole, like, I would hope that as a society we've evolved a little bit and we can grow up and learn a little bit. Uh, but I know I'm probably asking for too much here that we don't do the whole Romo thing again where we where we kill a guy until it's too late, right? Like, I, I, what I would say is like, hey, if we're losing games because Dak is losing games, that's a problem. But I just don't think that's going to happen. And I've got about four or five years of tape to show you that he's not losing games for okay. you already. And, and, okay, and, and, and the four people on this podcast all understand that. And a lot of really knowledgeable Cowboys fans will understand that too. But what I'm talking about, and I hate to say this, but you see the money these guys are making. Obviously, they they matter to some people. And, and when I when I talk about money they're making, I'm talking about the national talking heads on television. And if yeah. he has any bad games, it will literally lead all of their shows, and it will be the it will be a big story, and they will be critical of him. And that drives a lot of the stuff that we see on Twitter, whether you want to admit it or not, because we don't necessarily watch those shows. That is, you know, that's why they're paying those guys money like that, because they will drive that narrative. If any time that the Cowboys lose, it's going to be one of the top stories. If Dak has like a two interception game, he doesn't even have to go full Jameis and just blow the whole thing and throw three picks. Like if he just has two interceptions, just doesn't look whatever they make. $40 million for this guy. You already know it. You already know that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that the good thing there is that, and I've said this before about Dak, like, there, I, I don't think that there's anybody more uniquely equipped, better equipped, like, has the exact right DNA to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys than Dak Prescott. Like, hey, and a good like, point I, like, on that, I mean, Bobby, is, is you go back to the 2016 draft, and you would never know this. You would never know this because how would you possibly be able to get this out of scouting? But knowing what you've seen now off of just off, now watching their careers now through five years, if I just came to you and was like, Bobby, give me the quarterback out of this draft class that can be the guy for the Dallas Cowboys that can handle all of that and also perform. It's amazing to me. And I don't know if I think you'll agree with this, but it's amazing to me how much ahead of I would put Dak ahead of Jared Goff and Carson Wentz now that we've seen what they've done, even though I'm sure oh, yeah. in combine stuff and people you talk to and college tape and all that, those guys would, would blow Dak out of the water. That's why they went first two picks and Dak went in the fourth round. But in terms of all those intangible things like that, that you don't really get to see until a guy is on a team. Now that we've seen that, doesn't it seem like he's just so far ahead of the guy you'd want being the Cowboys quarterback than any of those others? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the thing is, is that, you know, I, I think people sometimes, fans sometimes, uh, especially the DAC critics, like to complain about like, oh, there's too much in the, of an emphasis on these immeasurable things and too much of an emphasis on his intangibles and other, you know, show me him making this pass or this or that, which he's still doing. They're just blindly saying he's not. But there's a lot of that criticism. But what I would say to that is also like, okay, but look at all the times where a lack of intangibles has burned them, you know, with um or, or or just a lack of football character like david irving david irving's the example that i always go to in my head of somebody that like has all this talent and it didn't matter 
And Dak is somebody who I think is, is incredibly talented, but I think he's got A plus marks across the board for who he is in the locker room, who he is as an ambassador for the team. I mean, how quick was it after he was removed from the playing field, after he was removed from that nucleus, did all that chatter and unrest seem to start bubbling up? I don't think that was a coincidence. That drama started to seem to start simmering in the locker room as soon as he went down and he was kind of out of the day-to-day mix. And so I think the Cowboys know how important he is on the field, but I think they, they view him as absolutely critical to Monday through Saturday as well. So now what do you guys think about the concerns, though, that fans are going to have over the fact of, and I don't, I'm just throwing this out there for devil's advocate, but that, well, they didn't win any Super Bowls or get close to one with him before, and now he's going to cost this much on the cap, and so it's going to be limited on what they can add. What makes you think they can get to that level now? Because obviously that's the goal, and that's just going to be a huge narrative, you the know, arg- this entire offseason. The, the argument is... I, I mean, one that the fans might have a legitimate one is that they have a top 10 pick this year and to try to trade up for, quote unquote, the next Dak or a guy that you they think or would scout as better than Dak. But I mean, the other option you touched on it, John, it's it's the Bears. You know, it's it's have pieces around that you spend money on and you still don't know if you have the guy or you have an Andy Dalton who has faults or a guy on a trying to make a second wave or a guy coming off a trade that a team didn't want, you know? Um, one other thing I wanted to, to hit on though, is I think this is a win for Dak as well. And a reason for Dak maybe on for his side, wanting to get this done so far is he probably wouldn't necessarily want to bet on himself as much next year coming off that injury you know, as he would have, you know, this year, you know, betting on himself, probably putting himself out there a lot more, showcasing his skill set, whatever. Um, so I think for his sake, I think the uh, the tape speaks for itself in terms of what he could do uh, with the Cowboys and to get the deal done. Like this, he he's doing himself a favor by securing this deal and not having to go out there on a franchise tag and prove himself again coming off an injury. And it's better for the team, like and the players around him, the way they can right. maneuver this deal. You know, I think I think what I would say to those people who are, and that's the whole thing. What you're bringing up, Kit, too, is Dak. I think Dak always had leverage there, right? But one thing that I, that I would say to people who are like talking about getting enough players because you've paid the guy is really since year what? So 16, 17, 18. I guess yeah, in nineteen he was cheap. All right. It's really up to those guys to get you a better team around him, because honestly, he's made because of the the way this contract has worked out. He's helping the team with the salary cap in the year that it will hurt you. And then when the salary cap goes up, forty two million dollars is not going to look that much different than what thirty would have looked like on this cap. Like it's actually going to be better. You will still have more room. To Rome now, everyone's going to get paid more probably, but no one's going up like quarterback. So like everyone's going to like we'll see this positions go up a little bit, but like the cap will go up so far after this NFL and Amazon and TV deal. Once that all gets worked out, the cap will go up so far that I really don't even think that's too much of a valid argument unless you're to a man saying I don't want to have one of the best quarterbacks in the league because that's what you're that's what you'd be saying. What what was the uh... KT, John, maybe y'all remember, what was the figure everybody used to throw around? Was it no team's ever won the Super Bowl with their quarterback taking up 15% of the cap? Or it was some figure like that that everybody used yeah, to scream about? Yeah, 15 or 20. Mm-hmm. 15 or 20 so, it was somewhere in there, yeah. So, so the funny thing about that one was 
take Eli Manning as an example. When Eli Manning got his first extension, his first year, he was taking up 16% of the cap or whatever. And everybody would look at that and say, like, at the time of signing, it looks that way. But it, it becomes an expired narrative by the time they actually won the Super Bowl again on that same deal in 2011. You know what, Bobby? I think I think you can say the same about Roethlisberger. I'd have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure he got a deal, and then he went into the Super Bowl right after that too. Same same thing, yeah. That everybody always looks at it in this in this window of well, Dak is signing for forty million dollars, and that's X percentage of the cap, and that's going to be X percentage of the cap for the duration of the contract. No, it doesn't work like that. The only reason why that was a narrative is because nobody who signed their deals had won it in the very first year. Eli didn't win the first year. Roethlisberger, but on those same deals that were allegedly a, a too big a portion of the cap in the first year, they did win. They did build around them for the following years, and they were able to go to the Super Bowl. And so I, I don't think that's as much of a concern here. And, and I think that when we talk about freeing up money, and I'm interested in what you guys think about this, do you guys think they're going to use this actually to do any sort of free agent spending or what I think <laughs> this may be, what no. I think this may be, no, but I think this maybe is they're just going to, they, they're taking that extra room and they're saying, okay, now we don't have to flip seat. We don't have to restructure tank or, or they're looking at guys. I think that they're just saying, okay, great. Now we don't have to restructure that person. We can potentially bail on that later. We don't have to cut Jalen. God, why do you say that? Why do you got a, this is a great this is- day, KT. And well, you're his, just bringing his, us all down with your negativity, and I don't appreciate it. Well, his money is for the next, you know, in two weeks is. I, uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to hear Jalen's name. I didn't need to hear Jalen's name tonight, Katie. Well, That's all I'm saying. I, 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 you know, this is a good thing because I think they can focus a lot more on, on defense now. I think you know having Dak does give them way more. I don't know. Well, of an insurance policy any, like, on tyrants. offense, like you have to worry a lot less. Uh, maybe invest more in de- offensive line depth to keep him protected. But like, if you didn't have Dak, you'd have to invest more into the offense too. Hey, they they offense. really love they really love Patrick Sertan, by the way. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my my big thing is I will. I'm just saying, just watch Sertan. Sertan's a name they love. I I, I know. I, I'm excited. <laughs> What's wrong with that, Bobby? Uh, I love the pedigree. I think I know I love the pedigree too, but I also think that like you're gonna have two, four, five, five corners on the outside, and I don't know how. Like I like Sertan, but I don't know how much I want two guys of that same speed in a league that's being built on you know quickness and speed. Well, then your third corner has to be somebody that's very quick. That's just what it comes down to. You have to get another. I just think Patrick Sertan is so solid in so many different areas that. Oh, I do. I, I just I'd prefer Let's... Farley. I'd prefer Farley. I'd prefer Horn over both. I, I he's a good player, but I think Bobby, he's, you, he's you can come on for our draft our draft episode. Don't worry. Okay, we'll right. get there. So, sorry, sorry, I'm hijacking. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's fine. Um, I did lose my train of thought though. Sorry. Well, it, it is pertinent <laughs> to the conversation because there are. I mean, fixing the offensive line is something that you're really counting on. Like you go to your, you sign your quarterback, you definitely want to have a better feeling about. Tyron and Lyle Collins' health than you do right now. That's a, something you want. That's so what I, I was going to say. That's my train yeah. of thought. I was going to say that as, as long as you don't have some, you know, out of nowhere retirement from Tyron Smith or Lyle Collins, which I don't expect, but as long as you don't have that, then absolutely everything needs to be focused, like Kent said, on, on the defense. Draft, free agency, whatever, you know. I will say I do think the defense, as bad as it was last year, probably will be at least slightly better even with the same personnel just because I think they're going to be in a better position with the way they're being coached but that's for another yeah. podcast no 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 I, no I think it's a good point though 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The, the only frustrating thing that I think there's, I really don't have any frustrating things that could come out of this because I do think they've done the right thing. Um, but the okay, only thing real quick, say, real quick, we, that's perfect, that's perfect. What would have the deal had to been for you guys to go? Whoa, that was too much. Uh, Nobody I ever talks about too much. Uh, okay, Nobody okay, ever okay, does. Okay, okay. A, a, what? Like I could say 60 million or something, but that's not realistic. Of all the realistic numbers, none of them would have upset me. You had to get it done. I, I, I think it would have been maybe an amount of years that would have scared me more. Like know. as in what, how many? I don't know. There you go. Lifetime deal, lifetime contract kind of thing. Oh, I whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Lifetime contract. Like I would take that. Like a 10-year deal. I would take that Mahomes deal all day. Well, because I, yeah, the way it's spread if he, out. If he was willing to sign that deal, I would have yeah, done that in a second. Yeah, if he was willing to spread it out like that, sure. But, yeah, yeah I mean, you get him in his prime, and that's what's that's what's good with me. Uh, right. Uh, I mean, it's it's exactly yeah, what you the get Cowboys him, one. You, you, know, you, you get, get him basically 27. He's 27 right now. He'll be 28 in July, I believe. So you're yep. getting him 28 to 32. And so, I mean, it's good for him too because, I mean, quarterback. I mean, if he's doesn't if he avoids any more serious injuries at 32, he'll be right in the place that, as long as things go right, to get another big deal. And they'll be happy to pay it up again. And if he doesn't sense. work yeah. out, you're out of. I mean, in four years, you got another quarter, a different quarterback. So, um, yeah. And you're not Jerry's not like, well, he's got three years left on his deal, and we're going to see how it goes. And we know <laughs> he's battled some injuries. You know how he can get. So, um, yeah, this is a great win in terms of the terms of the deal uh the length of the contract 
That's the thing that I do think the the one thing I would go I'd go back to that offensive line thing is like you need to be a top five offense. Eh, that's an arbitrary number, but you need to be a top five to top ten offense. And the one thing that could stop you from doing that is going into the season not having your offensive line intact. Whether you didn't do a good job of finding depth, whether Tyron or Lyle or Hurt, whatever, like that has to be figured out. So that's why I, I do think the draft comes in there. Like if they took Rashawn Slater at ten, or if Penny Sewell fell to him at ten, which is which is possible, you know, like that could happen. You know, if they took it off to tackle, Kyle, I wouldn't Kyle be freaking Pitts. out, even what? though I know. Okay, now that's interesting. Like, let's not act <laughs> like 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 Michael Gallup. Like the way wide receivers are going too. Like these guys. Let's not like you don't have to sign Michael Gallup. I love Michael Gallup. You don't have to sign him to a contract. Like, let's not act like Amari Cooper is a beacon of health. So, like. I'm not saying Kyle Pitts is the thing I would do. I'm not saying it's the smart thing to do. But I would never blame a. I would never blame a team for drafting Kyle Pitts. And you couldn't rule the Cowboys out on something like that either. He's Kyle, awesome. Kyle Pitts would be my worst case scenario. And it's <laughs> no not because he's not, it's not. It's not because he's not. No, listen. It's not because he's not awesome. My whole argument there is that pie has been expanded as much as it can be. All you're doing at that point, if you get Kyle Pitts, is you're divvying it up. So the only way that Kyle Pitts selection makes sense to me is if you're that you've already got something in place to flip Gallup or to flip Cooper and you're getting something else you you can't just pick Pitts and roll into the season I think with Pitts Cooper Gallup Lamp. like I don't think your offense is getting any more expanded with Pitts from 500 passing yards and 35 points that Dak was putting up Love it. I said there's a hole in that pie next year man because Michael Gallup will be gone Hey, since you're throwing out worst okay. case scenarios, mine was that they didn't re-sign Dak, and so there was all this animosity going in the draft, and oh they took God. Mac Jones, and they took Mac Jones at ten. No way. That was that was they my worst case scenario. I don't think they would. Oh good. yeah, I, that I, was I, my I, worst I, case. Saban selling. They would all never the, uh, take an Alabama quarterback at ten. I don't. I don't. I don't, <laughs> no, I don't no, uh, Saban would sell all the old guard. Alabama friends and the Cowboys front office. You have they absolutely would. They would take Mac Jones. No. Or actually, probably be Trey Lance, who's like it'd be Trey Lance or Justin Fields. <laughs> you just said they wouldn't take an Alabama quarterback, but they'd be all in on the North Dakota State kid. Yeah, I don't know if they're going off of Chris Sims' board. They might want to consider a Kellen Mond in the top Ooh. five of the quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, and apparently Chris, Chris Sims, Sims has drunk. never seen Kellen Mond play football. Jeez, uh, I don't know what that was. That was bad. That was bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, in terms of um, what they can do. You know this offseason, KT. Um, I think, yeah. You know, you go straight straight towards defense, and you and you look towards the draft. And um, hell, hell yeah, if Ben Asul's there, t- you take him immediately, right? Sure. They yeah, I, mean, okay. I mean, I think yeah, I, I think they would. They we know they like him for sure. You know, but you know, if you're telling me they took Patrick Sertan or Caleb, I like Caleb Farley a little bit more than Sertan, but it's not a huge difference. Or it was Pene Sewell. Like at 10, it's very hard to be like, damn it, at 10. No, you're taking a good player at 10. Right. And I think that's something, too, when everyone's talking about Dak. Like, hey, you're picking at 10. Like, I, I saw someone say, something, well, why are we picking in the top 10? Because he got hurt. You would have won the division. That's why hey, you're Andy, there, because Andy he Dalton got hurt. And you're mad about weapons like these. Andy Dalton's <laughs> I mean, never had weapons like on. these, JT. Come on. You know, I, I I think it's like, and I, I guess I would implore everyone to listen to our uh, free agency primer episode of About Them Cowboys that we recorded very recently. In fact, that dropped today on The Athletic. 
So, and by today, I mean yesterday, if you're listening. So listen to our free agency primer, because we threw out a lot of fun names to help fix the defense, I think. or And fix the defense is a, is, might be a strong term, to I guess, to help the defense. We uh, threw out a lot of fun names. That's that's what it's about, dude. They 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 know it now. Like they're they're set on skill position. They they know all that. Like we're good to go here. The tough decisions for them are always like, what are we gonna do with these guys who have been here for a while? Or these guys we're fond of. What are they gonna do with Jalen? What are they gonna do with Tyrone Crawford, Sean Lee? You know, if Sean Lee wants to play again, are they gonna bring Sean Lee back? Is Sean Lee who I love, and uh, I'm also a fan of intangibles and locker room guys and stuff like that. But is he worth a spot on the roster? You know, I don't know. I don't know. And those are the tough questions that they're going to have to deal with. They're going to have to deal with things like, should we give Xavier Woods $3 million to come back? Or should we give Jordan Lewis? Like that, that's that's what, the, to me, the hard part is. Like, free agency, and we'll see if the salary cap changes because of the TV deals or whatever happens here. But free agency, like, it's very easy. It just becomes a bidding war and all those types of things. But it's not difficult to go, oh, well, that's a good player. That's a good player. Like, you know these players are good or not. you got guys on your own team who they've got a history of kind of like hanging on to guys a little bit longer than maybe they should. So I think that's a, that's a tough part for them is figuring out specifically what they're going to do with Jalen. Does Dan Quinn think Jalen can play? Like, that's tough, tough conversations that they're going to be having and need to, you know, figure out the next couple of weeks. Can I uh, can I ask you guys one more Dak related question that I've been rolling no. around in my brain the last hour or so? <laughs> Go ahead. Is do you think there's any chance? Not that they structured it this way, but do you think that there's any chance that the Cowboys view some benefit to signing Dak to four years and there's four years left at McCarthy and they can basically view them as tied to the hip and reset on both if it doesn't work out? I hope so. Uh, that's tough because I don't think that, I don't think Dak's tied to McCarthy. I mean, if it looks as bad and disoriented as it did this past year, again, in this upcoming year, you know, they'll move on from Mike yeah. McCarthy. If he can't fix the defense, if the defense doesn't look good in two years, I think he's out of here. Um, it doesn't look improved, um, but the offense is still quote unquote high, high octane or whatever you want to call it. Kellen Moore still here, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't see him tied at the hip, but the, I, I think it's a good contingency plan. You know, I, I think that's in the Cowboys' mind. Like I said earlier, you know, this is a four year window that they've set up here. <laughs> you know, with Dak and with Mike McCarthy now, so that's perfect for them to capitalize th- on these on Amari and and this Demarcus Lawrence and all these prime players that you've got. And I think they would have taken as many years. The Cowboys, from their perspective, would have taken as many years as they could have. It just Dak probably that was as low as that they were going to go was four. You know, he probably would have done three, yeah. but uh, they were always going to take as many years. Like I said, they would have taken that Patrick Mahomes deal if, if he if his uh-huh. side was willing to take that. But yeah, uh, no way. Yeah. Uh, so, did you guys see any? Maybe this is a Bobby question. Did you see any like? like really bad Dak hate after this was announced, like Jersey burning type stuff from Cowboys fans out there that are just no. like so against this. Like, I can't believe it. My, I'm never going to watch the Cowboys again. I like, I, because sometimes no, I with mean, signings, you see that kind of stuff. I, I, I mean, especially with quarterbacks. I, I don't think anything more than the normal, uh, Tiki torch owning Cowboys fandoms that has never liked Dak. But yeah, I think that uh, outside of those two or three, then um, no, it, it was a lot of 
the the one person who was really coming at like in my mentions about it was somebody who had uh two followers and like six numbers after their <laughs> name and uh they didn't follow me they just were looking for people talking about Dak. so that's no, my I think burner that, i i th- yeah i know it is you're a big nine lover but i think that uh <laughs> i think that um the the bigger thing is like we kind of bring it all full circle to what we talked about at the beginning i think everybody at this point even the people who are a little bit cautious about signing Dak, i think everybody's just glad it got done and so they're they're not so much focused on the number as much as they're focused on the stability and like everybody's glad it's just it's stable now and we don't have to worry about this boom yeah we did it finally it's over the saga is over. Hey, guys, you guys did a great job covering it. Pat yourselves on the back. <laughs> hey, Cowboys great fans job, out John. there. You did a great job of, uh, you know, taking in all this uh, Dak talk for John, over two John, months, uh, two John years. John barely let his Romo bias get in the way of his reporting, and I really respect that about him. <laughs> it's to the point, Bobby, where I don't, I'm not even responding to your tweets anymore. When you, when you put those tweets under my stories... I, I just I feel like I feel I feel like people think that like like I'm some like hardcore Romo fan or something. Like here, here, there, there's there's just two main facts in life. Dave Hellman tried to tried to trade Dak Prescott, and John Machota still wants Romo to come out of the booth and start for this team. <laughs> Good God, is that? <laughs> Jeez, the thing I can't even imagine waking up and those words ever coming out of my mouth. But okay. And and Jeff Cavanaugh loves Ezekiel Elliott. That's the other one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we know that is fact. Wow, what a what what an emergency episode this was. Let's hope there's not another emergency episode until next week, KT, when we uh, we'll come back see what the Cowboys are up to in the old free agency rumors and rumblings department. Yeah, I mean, a week from today is the uh, the tampering period begins, so. We will have a little bit of something coming out, I would imagine. You know how it is this time of year. Maybe not because of COVID, but we'll find out. Um, All right, I'll wrap it up. For our producer, Kent Garrison. For Bobby Belt, always out there with his quips, following Dave Hellman's uh, trying to get Dak traded, and John Machota's love for nine. And for Father John Machota, I'm Kevin. We'll do this again on the next edition of About Them Cowboys. Way to go, everyone. We got the deal done. Good job. Good job, guys. Woo!